It's great to have you joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you in June of 2023 from Atlanta in the Muscogee Creek Territory in the Piedmont region that is in the foothills of the Appalachia Mountain Range. Today, we're going to be talking about efforts to protect Georgia's Okefenokee Swamp National Wildlife Refuge. Due to the threat of mining, the Okefenokee Swamp has unfortunately been named one of America's most endangered rivers of 2023 by the organization American Rivers. One of the organizations who's trying to do something about this as part of a wide alliance of wilderness and water protectors is the Georgia River Network, and their executive director, Rena Ann Peck, is joining us today. Let me tell you about her and her organization. The Georgia River Network is a nonprofit founded in 1998 to help protect Georgia's rivers from all the misuse of water and pollution as Atlanta was sprawling and developing. Their mission is to be the voice of Georgia's rivers to help everyone enjoy, connect, and advocate for economically vital and clean flowing rivers. Their website is garivers.org. That's Georgia Rivers, garivers.org. And you can add actually forward slash protect Okefenokee, um, and that gets you to the part that we're talking about today. Or you can also see the efforts of the Alliance of Park Protectors at the website protectokefenokee.org. Both of those websites have gorgeous photos and videos, and they also have action items and then interesting maps and ecological and recreational information, too. I, it, I'm very impressed with the information on the websites. Our guest is Rena Ann Peck, who joined Georgia River <laughs> Network as its executive director in 2019. Previously, Rena spent 17 years as contract ecologist to Coca-Cola, developing projects to help the company achieve its water neutrality goals, as well as creating plastics recovery initiatives to reduce marine debris. Rena also worked for nine years as a restoration ecologist for the Nature Conservancy and served as director of science and development for the Georgia Land Trust. Rena has served on the boards of the Southeast Watershed Forum and Wilderness Works, which connects Atlanta's homeless children with nature. She holds a master's degree in renewable natural resources from the University of Arizona College of Agriculture and a bachelor's degree from UGA. Rena is a certified ecologist by the Ecological Society of America and is trained as Alliance for Water Stewardship Associate and is an Institute for Georgia Environmental Leadership 2019 graduate. Welcome, Rena. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, let's start by explaining what's so special about the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge. Wow. Well, it is the largest wildlife refuge east of the Mississippi. It is one of the world's largest naturally, um, ecologically driven freshwater systems, um, 438,000 acres, which is 650 square miles wow. of wilderness in the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge protects 93% of this um, entire swamp area. It's a magical place. Um, I encourage everybody to come visit. You'll be surprised um, by alligators and birds yeah. and um, just, just the extraordinary beauty and the diversity of a mosaic of, you know, over 20 different vegetation communities from old growth cypress to pine flatwoods and then, of course, the swampy area itself, which is um, not as you would think. It is not a deep 
lake. It is a very shallow swamp, just to a foot and to three feet deep. So this fragility of the Okefenokee lies in the precariousness of its ability to hold water and um, mining on Trail Ridge, which serves as the hydrogeologic dam to the swamp, um, would risk lowering the water level in the swamp. And there's just not much wiggle room there because it's already so shallow. Yeah. And it's a blackwater swamp, but a lot, sometimes we might think, oh, does that mean it's dirty or why is it black? Do you, I, I've seen something about that on your, on the website. Right. It, it is um, the largest blackwater swamp and it is the blackwater is from tannins in the leaves so think about your tea when you drink tea the color of your water turns um brown but that's not because it's dirty it's um that's from the tannins and and the leaves and the debris so the okefenokee is rare in that it's a headwater wetland it's not a wetland um at the end of a river but it's actually the source of two rivers, the Suwannee River, which flows to the Gulf, and then the St. Mary's River, which is our Georgia-Florida line, um, which empties out by Cumberland Island. Wow. And is the Okefenokee on a tentative list to be considered for UNESCO World Heritage Site status? Yes. And that's very, very exciting. It would be the first national wildlife refuge ever that the United States has nominated for a natural area world heritage designation so it would be the parks like our big parks like the everglades is one is that's close to us and then the um the great smoky mountains national park but none of the many wildlife refuges i didn't realize that that none of them are designated as unesco world heritage sites that's right this is really the star in the crown of the national wildlife refuge system and um takes a lot to manage as well. There's lots of natural fires and they have a let it burn policy because it is wilderness, but the most expensive fires in the history of the Fish and Wildlife Service um, come out of the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge. And what types of species call the Okefenokee Swamp home? Well, it's pretty unparalleled biodiversity-wise. There's over 850 species of plants, including um, this gigantic Okefenokee um, pitcher plant. Um, there's 48 different mammals, um, all the way up to, uh, large mammals like the Florida panther and the blackberry, which need large home ranges. Right. And then, um, 238 birds and it becoming a national wildlife refuge was because of the extraordinary wading birds that are found there. Um, 39 fish and 90 reptiles and amphibians. And of course, the most iconic reptile is our American alligator there at the swamp. And you're pretty much like if you go on one of those, I've, I've been a couple times. And if you go on one of those little boat tours, you're pretty much guaranteed <laughs> to see an alligator because there's thousands of them that get to live there. There's not many places where they can live without people seeing them as a threat or wanting them to, to get rid of them. Right. You know, right. Um, it's, it's extraordinary. Yes. There, there are more alligators than there are um, people and that are, are in the town wow. and they uh uga researchers have been studying them and you know just mother's day recently and they've studied one mother that still visits her children she'll go to a lagoon to go visit her seven-year-old son he'll crawl up on her back and um and they'll bask in the sunshine together oh, so wow. it's pretty neat what what we've been learning about 
the alligators and how most reptiles, you know, are not maternal, but these certainly are. Oh, that's so interesting that, because yeah, we don't necessarily think of that particular alligator species as having more of a family life, but that's interesting that they have a sense of place. And um, yeah, that's so great that we can find out, the more we find out about every individual animal, the more we realize we've underestimated them. That's the way I (laughs) tend to see things. And then- that's right. When you go there, you're definitely going to see so many birds. Like I remember seeing a beautiful owl um, as well Mm -hmm. as all the wading birds. And it's great for birds that are migrating through. They need places to stop like this to feed as well. That's right. Um, One of the species is the the sandhill crane. And Mm -hmm. it goes back to when you're at the swamp, you feel like you're in a primeval place. And then you'll hear the the sandhill crane and it sounds like a pterodactyl and oh, you feel like you're in Jurassic Park. It's quite <laughs> amazing. And then of course the endangered replicated woodpecker, another endangered and rare species um, from the uplands along the Longleaf Pond that they're restoring, the eastern indigo snake and gopher tortoise are important. So around the swamp, their their upper level um areas where the pines grow and where um private landowners have uh, tree farms and blueberry farms and such. And then that's on Trail Ridge. And then part of Trail Ridge is also um, within the National Wildlife Refuge itself, where the proposed titanium mine would um, would like to be <laughs> is yeah. at the southeastern corner of the National Wildlife Refuge on, on Trail Ridge. And for a bit of background, how did Georgia River Network get involved in defending the Okefenokee once the titanium mine proposal was discovered? Well, I, I went down to a meeting in Folkestone, then another one in St. George, where the mining company was presenting their proposal to the community and discovered that they weren't looking at any potential impacts on the Okefenokee swamp. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it was quite incredible. So um, that that led me to be concerned. And and coming from working with with corporations, I understand and and actually was an environmental consultant for a while, um, helping firms with mining, um, with the idea that if it can't be grown, it's got to be mined. Well, it needs to be mined in the right place. So I was thinking perhaps it could happen. um, But as soon as I learned that pumping groundwater as far away as our Georgia coast has affected the water level in the swamp, I knew that it wasn't going to pan out for this company. And then looking into their permit application with 1.44 million gallons a day of groundwater pumped, um, Mm -hmm. that would mean water leaving uh, underneath the swamp and next to the swamp and uh, drawing groundwater away from the swamp and infecting the water level itself. We have a lot more science than we did back in 2019 yeah. when this first came up. And Dr. Rhett Jackson of UGA's um, Warnell School of Forestry um, has been able to estimate that um, the southeastern portion of the swamp would go drier for longer periods of time, um, three times as much um, for three times as long. So already drought affects the swamp. It's just a rainwater fed swamp and it being so shallow and Georgia River Network, we are the state's nonprofit conservation partner managing the Georgia Water Trails Program. And there's 120 miles mm-hmm. of the Okefenokee Wilderness Canoe Trail in the refuge. And we want to protect um, 
the ability to get into the swamp for those researchers with UGA, for the tourists that come and supply so many jobs to the community. And then, of course, certainly to protect the wildlife itself. And then a whole lot of people like you are part of a big um, Protect Okefenokee Alliance. Like it seems like you all got really, I mean, so many organizations got really organized really quickly and then put together these sophisticated um, website resources. And um, what are some of the things that you that you all have done so far to protect the swamp? Right. Um, we help form the Okefenokee Protection Alliance, which is about 40 different groups, local, statewide, and even national. So um, just you know, raising awareness um, from fact sheets to um, being in the community at local festivals to making sure that um, people knew that they could comment and send letters of concern to the Environmental Protection Division on the mining proposal itself. Um, Georgia River Network helped create a movie called Okefenokee Destiny, which you can find on our website. It's a love letter from the swamp um, with the you know concern of the threat of mining and the idea of comparing it to the Everglades as a cautionary tale of what you don't want to happen um, to our naturally functioning swamp here. And then another um, movie was made by the Okefenokee Protection Alliance called Sacred Waters. And uh, we made a little movie with the for the American Rivers announcement as one of the most endangered waterways. Mm. Um, we've done lots of things from dress up like alligators down at the Capitol <laughs> to um, being at Music Midtown up on the jumbo screen. Um, yeah. I've been working with Representative Darlene Taylor. She's a Republican out of Thomasville who sponsors the Okefenokee Protection Act, House Bill 71. Mm. And the... Um, Georgia Water Coalition is helping with that. The bill would ban mining on the Okefenokee portion of Trail Ridge. And it's largely Republican-led. Um, the earlier signers were chairs of important committees and Republican. And then um, more uh, Democrats signed on to the tune of as many legislators as you need to pass the bill itself. So we already have a majority that want to pass it on the floor, um, but the bill itself needs to pass through the House Natural Resources and Environment Committee um, and is not did not come to a vote last year. And we hope that this session it will come out for a vote um, early in the session so that it can then pass the floor and then pass through the Senate. But right now it's being held up in that committee. Would that be like August, September or something of 2023 the, that it might the, get considered again? Yeah, the session starts in January. So oh, during January. the summer, yeah. Oh, okay. So during the summer and fall, um, we're you know, trying to get the word out for okay. people to contact their legislators to sign on to the bill itself and um, also write, write the governor and um, encourage not just the denial of this mining permit application, which would be um, 500 or so acres, um, but what's at risk are over uh, 40,000 acres. So the, you know, the mining permit proposal, if it's denied, that, that would stop this phase one of mining, but the Okefenokee Protection Act would protect the Okefenokee from mining on Trail Ridge 
forever. That would be so important. And you mentioned some of the problems with mining um, on Trail Ridge next to the Okefenokee from kind of a water standpoint. But there, and there's also like noise pollution and light pollution and other ways, you know, that the uh, the wildlife would be disturbed, right? Oh, oh, truly. So imagine um, camping out on one of the the floating docks there. Um, you've paddled in, and you're looking for the the stars of the internationally named dark sky and you hear something off to the east and you see some light off to the east um, from these mining operations, which mm-hmm. really get lit up like a spaceship, That that's going to change your wilderness experience. In the wilderness, you're not supposed to hear motors or um, see any kind of artificial light. So that would impact um, the tourism piece of it. But certainly the noise pollution, light pollution, water levels, um, and increased wildfires um, that would occur because lowering the water level also dries up the peat, causing a naturally high fuel load during periods of time when when normally that wouldn't happen. So that could destroy fragile habitats and harass, harm, and um, in some instances, kill the wildlife. Right. Um, if you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. I'm host Carrie Freeman talking with ecologist Rena Ann Peck, executive director at the Georgia River Network, about collective efforts to protect Georgia's Okefenokee Swamp National Wildlife Refuge, which is threatened by a proposed titanium dioxide mine. Websites of interest with gorgeous videos and important action items can be found at garivers.org forward slash protect Okefenokee. Another website is protectokefenokee.org. Rena, what would you say uh, it's the, is the like ratio of those who are against mining and those that are for mining? Because from what I understand, there's pretty widespread support and almost seems bipartisan. Um, and there's not that many entities that are even wanting mining. Right. It is truly bipartisan as is um, most outdoor recreation areas for for protection. Um, The people that want it are the people that can benefit from um, leasing their land out to mining and the mining companies themselves. So this is just uh, a handful of people. Right, that's... Um, (laughs) The people that are in town themselves are are scared to death. Yeah. And um, people across the nation around the world have written in um, over 100,000 letters to the Environmental Protection Division wow. and the governor um, with uh, concerns against mining next to the swamp. There were two um, public hearings online that EPD held, and all of the people who spoke up were against the mine, except for, of course, the Georgia Mining Association. So it does have bipartisan support. Um, there are has um, been lots of support across our state and then around the swamp itself with resolutions that have been signed by um, county and um, city leaders. So the Georgia Municipal Association is behind the um, Okefenokee Protection Act as well. That's great. Well, what are the politics of getting this mining permit denied um, and to prevent future mining projects? I mean, you mentioned for the future, we could um, hopefully pass the Okefenokee protection bill. But in terms of getting this mining permit denied, is that 
something that the governor governor Kemp can do or like how it yeah how can we make that happen i mean a lot of we've already overwhelmed the environmental protection division with a, a lot of inputs you know majorities saying we don't want this this is a bad idea so i mean what else can we do sure i, I think that um all of us can send in a letter or call the governor's office especially um people who've supported him and really um it is up to the environmental protection division to make a decision you know based in science and we've been drumming up um the evidence that they need to deny the mining permit based on incompatible land use so the service mining act um in it says that a permit can be denied if um land use is incompatible with their area certainly Mining is incompatible with the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge because Fish and Wildlife Service has said that mining there will affect wetlands in the swamp. And then you could go on to say that it would affect private property rights along the ridge itself with increased um, wildfires um, escaping. And that, you know, unlike Southwest Georgia, where um, forestry um, uses a lot of prescribed burning for quail habitat. Here on Trail Ridge, um, they don't use fire, so do not want fire on their land. And the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge has worked really hard with the Greater Okefenokee Association of Landowners to try to figure that out, to have a fire resiliency buffer around the swamp where there are uplands where you can um, fight the fire and put it out. Because when it's in the swamp, you you can't get to it. Right. And also just the fact that if it's a wildlife refuge, we need to put the wildlife first. <laughs> and so we shouldn't be mining, right. you know, that, but, but, that. Right. Right. It is a wildlife refuge, but it is also such a, a public resource um, and the basis of the tourism economy. So we wouldn't want to risk 900 jobs um, that are sustainable year after year for the jobs at the Twin Pines mining site is promised that would only last during the duration mm-hmm. of the mine. And with the UNESCO World Heritage um, coming, if that if that happens, we'll get more international tourism. Right. And that would be such a big boon for Georgia. Because yeah. to me, the Okefenokee is part of our brand, just like people from around the world come to Georgia and they want to experience Martin Luther King. They also want to experience alligators in the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we only have like a minute left, but Rena, for listeners who are interested in protecting the Okefenokee, what are some action items they can take related to this mine or just in general for continuous protection? One one easy thing to do is just text the word swamp to 52886. So if you text... Five, okay, 52886 would be the number that you text the word swamp. That's right. Okay. Right. So text 52886 and put in your text the word swamp and you'll get a link that will lead you to be able to send a letter to your local legislator. Automatically, it will thank that legislator if the legislator is already signed on to the Okefenokee Protection Act. If that legislator is not signed on yet, then it will ask them to do so. A letter can also be sent to the governor and the Environmental Protection Division as well. So um, those are three things you can do. A fourth idea is to go to the swamp itself. And yes. a fifth idea is to come support Georgia River Network. We are having our 25th anniversary gala at 42 West on September 8th. And the Muskogee chief 
of the Muscogee Creek Nation is coming from Oklahoma because uh, Chief David Hill proclaimed Trail Ridge along the Okefenokee as a sacred site. Wow. So this is very important area to the Muscogee Creek Nation and um, certainly to the wildlife and Georgians and Americans in the world. That's awesome. And and tell us one last time your um, website. My website is garivers, G-A-R-I-V-E-R-S.org. Okay. Well, that's the end of our show, but I want to thank you, Rena Ann Peck, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Thanks for the work you and the Georgia River Network are doing with the alliance of dozens of other citizen groups to protect the Okefenokee wetland habitat. Thank you so much, and I hope you can visit soon. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com forward slash In Tune to Nature. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board, staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman asking you to please support independent non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species, like the thousands of species who live in and around rivers and wetlands. Thank you for listening. Cheers.